thoughts, ideas, people, caravan maintenance, trundle beds. What's that plastic thing doing down there? Shut up, Renee. Quiche. Niche. Niche's quiche. Konnichiwa. Is that hello in Japanese? I think it is. What do they say? Masimase. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, oh, that should be. That should be the welcome to the podcast. Masemase. I hope they're saying masemase. I think they are saying masemase. How are ya? How are ya? Hey, I'm sorry to keep banging on about the swims, but my goodness, what us? If you don't know what I'm talking about, I get up early. I try to do it at least three times a week. Uh, I've only done it once in the last week because my head's been weird. Um, I get up really early, so I get up at like 3.30, 4am, and I drive to a beach and I jump in a rock pool, and I jumped in a beautiful one this morning, so I went to Bronte, which is um, one of the posher beaches, even though I know that, you know, years ago it used to be a bloody work, a bloody blue collar beach, a bloody tough beach, like a, uh, like a Cronulla, but I know Cronulla's kind of, you know, it's not posh, but it's on the way up, but um, anyway, so I jump in the ice cold water, early in the morning, and this morning was like, oh, because I've been going to this really beautiful rock pool, but it's really dark and dangerous, and the rocks are really slippery, and they haven't even got a handrail there, it's kind of like taped up um, with like warning tape for safety, and I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna have a slip, I'm going to have a fall here and do me hip, um, so I've been a bit wary about going there, so I went to Bronte, and oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. There's no one there. It was, it was just magic. So I'm feeling, oh, I'm feeling, oh, masse, masse. Um, and I'm so glad I jumped in because, oh, oh, I've been so inside my own head this week. Oh, oh, I tell you what, look, if you are battling the battling stuff, you're battling demons in your head, or you're battling booze or uh, loneliness or depression, I've got your back. I've got you. It's such a struggle, isn't it? It really is, and I, I'm so lucky. I've got a family and stuff around me, and I can, oh, I can do things and change things. So look, I've got you, and um, I've had some really lovely emails this week um, with some people who are also battling some things. Just know I'm, I'm in your head here with you. You're not alone. Um, even though th th that was a strange thing, just dr driving back from the beach this morning i was listening to overnights on abc local radio with trevor chapel um who i love listening to he's got such a he's such a lovely kind man um and they were talking about loneliness in this beautiful afghani um war vet so a, a vet of the afghan war who's living in mandurah in western australia was talking about how lonely he is and didn't know what to do and then all these people rang in they, there was these things called men's sheds where men go and hang out and not saying it's just for men but well, the men's shit is just for men. But anyway, it was just nice stuff. Anyhow, look, I've got you. I'm here. I'm here and I'm hearing you. I'm feeling you. Um, and I've been doing lots of things to uh, accelerate my good thoughts this week. I guess what I do, I don't know if anybody else does this, but I catastrophize any situation. Um, 
So when you have a, you know, oh, I hate banging on about this shit, but it's so true. When you have a trauma in your life, you expect that it's always going to keep happening to you. And I had a, you know, a big one in childhood, then a big one in my, uh, in my forties. And, you know, I'm still in my forties, so it's not that far away. And you just, every situation you think the worst of, and it's even this, get this, this is what my head's like. So I've been waiting on a WWCC, which is called a working with children check because I'm volunteering myself at my kids after school program during the school holidays to help out to do stuff. And the teacher was like, well, you got to get your WWCC, you're working with children check. And I went off to someone, I think they were like fucking with me. They said, oh yeah, I got mine overnight and mine's taken like a month. And I was like paranoid thinking, oh my God, I'm not even going to be able to do this. I'm in trouble for something I don't even know about. That's the places you go to in your head when you're just, you're not happy with yourself. And that's what I bloody did. And yeah, guess what? It bloody arrived yesterday. I'm fine. I'm an idiot. I mean, I know I'm bloody, haven't bloody done anything to tamper with my bloody working with children. Sorry, hiccup. Um, working with children check. Anyway, I'm an idiot. But that's the stuff I do. I think the worst. And it's a bad thing to do because... Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm probably thinking the worst about thinking the worst right now. It doesn't matter. Anyway, that's a somber start to the potty. I hope you're good. I hope you're feeling good. We're going to get through it together. I like it. It's kind of like, um, by the way, thank you to all my Patreons on Patreon. I hope you've got your tea towels. I hope you're snuggling into your tea towels during winter or summer if you're over in overseas at the moment. Actually, someone sent me a nice message from Canada. I should play that at some point. Um, I haven't heard it yet. I just heard the beginning of the accent went, ooh. That sounds fun. So um, I'll play that uh, soonish. But yeah, look, I hope you're bloody doing okay. And if you're not, reach reach out to people. Um, just start with some small talk at your local shops or something. And because I know there's a lot of people who are really across their shit that listen to this. Um, and there's other people that aren't. And for the people that aren't, who don't reach out to me and send me um, messages and emails and send me voice messages, I it doesn't matter. You don't have to. But I, I've got you. I'm bloody, I mean, I don't know what that means, but I mean, I've got you with this podcast at least, you know, you, you've got a like-minded soul that you're listening to uh, via your bloody ear holes and you're thinking, okay, he's, he gets it, he gets it, he gets it. And uh, anyway, so yeah, the booze stuff as well, like uh, have completely stopped, which is uh, great because, you know, it is self-medication and I've read all this stuff about dopamine and what it does to you. Anyway, if you are in the midst of drinking at the moment, I don't want to bring you down with all the stuff about why it's ru ruining you. Um, you know, and you, you probably need to because you're doing stuff at the moment. It doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not saying do or don't. I'm not, I'm definitely not going to be one of those preachers of that shit. Uh, and the other thing that started helping is just reading again. I've started reading again. Um, and I, I haven't read for years. So I'm currently reading two books at the same time. I'm reading Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain, which I've never read before, and Sapien by, uh, who's that guy? Not Greta Gerwig. <laughs> some, Aslan of Monovoch. I don't know. He's some guy. He's a guy. Uh, he's a guy that everyone talks about reading, and I'm, um, you know, about, uh, I don't know, 50 pages into that. But um, that's amazing as well. Oh, my God, it's about evolution and humans and the battle between sapiens and Neanderthals. It's really, really, or Neanderthals. It's really, really cool, and I'm loving it. So swapping between the two as well, because I'm going to try and write my own thing um, about stuff. It's got a great title, by the way. It's called Was the Water Wet? 
and I'll explain that more to you later another time. But that's uh, that's what I'm going to start reading, uh, writing at the moment, a book called Was the Water Wet? I'll leave that to you to work out what that means. Anyway, look, I'm going to play something now. I hope you're good. I'm feeling good. Glad I got to bloody jump in the water. Oh, um, uh, anyway, I'm going to play something old, and I'll be back with something new, something borrowed, something bleh. Today's world is full of things. But where did they come from? And how did they begin? Sam Simmons, The Precise History of Things. OMG, that man's face hurts my eyes. That's because he's totally not hot. Oh. I'm so glad I'm not totally not hot. Yeah, because you are totally hot. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No. You are. Oh, you think so? The history of being totally not hot. He's got a face like a pug dog chewing a bee. Looks like a wet towel sitting on a dead bat. The majority of physically challenged people will say that beauty is on the inside, or only skin deep, which makes a lot of sense. Like when you look at the Sydney Opera House, one may say it's an ugly building, but beautiful music comes from inside it. Or someone may say it's a beautiful building, but they saw a dreadfully ugly performance of Swan Lake inside it making it ugly. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, that swan was totally fake. You may have heard of the ugly duckling that turned into a beautiful swan. The problem here is if you find a swan that attractive, you're a bit of a weirdo. And I think it might even be illegal. Hey, let's go feed the swans at the lake. Yeah, we could feed the ducks too. Nah, I just want to feed the swans. Man, swans are beautiful. Slim, elegant necks, silky plumage. Oh, God. Are you okay? No. Making love is beautiful, but let's face it, genitals are ugly. Shut up, man. My balls are totally hot. You mean totally not hot? Being totally not hot. It's like a bowl of porridge tipped on a white dried up dog turd. It's a curse. Uh, he looks like Sam Simmons. Sam Simmons. The precise history of things. I heard a terrific expression this week as well that really, I think, explains um, a lot about the world in general. I've discovered I'm a man with a fork in a world full of soup. Oh my God, how good is that? I'm a man with a fork in a world full of soup. Or you're a woman with a fork in a world full of soup. I've got a straw and a bowl of steak. Um, what's another one that's yeah? I've got a, I'm a I'm in a I'm a man with a straw in a world full of steak. That that almost works. I'm a man with a stapler in a world full of balloons. That that almost works. Anyway, um, yeah. Look, I love that expression. What a great expression. Hey, guess what I'm going to eat tonight? Baked potato. Baked potato. And I'm not even making it myself. Uh, a baked potato place has opened up um, down the road near my kid's school, and I'm so excited. So after school, I'm going to pick up my little girl. We're going to go swimming in a warm pool. So I, um, a pool that she'll, she'll be, because she won't go in the icy cold water in the ocean or in out, outdoor pools because it's too cold at the moment. But um, mind you, global warming, there's definitely El Nino. So El Nino warm. So El Nino what is, is dry, El Nina wet, which is the female version. Mm, yeah, with the water wet. Uh, so yes, we're going to go there and then we're going to go get a baked potato. I don't think she's ever, she's never done this before. Um, to go to a bake, I think it's such a great thing. It's this baked potato place. I remember back in the nineties, I think it was mid nineties, they opened up Spud Bars all through Melbourne, and I used to love it. You go to Spud, and I'd really load mine up with way too much dry chili flakes. 
Um, it was yum. But uh, yeah, we're gonna get a spud. We're gonna get a bloody get a baked potato tonight, which is gonna be good. So my day will go like this. I will finish this podcast. I will go upstairs, make the fucking lunch. Oh my god. It's not even a big thing, but just to make a kid's lunch, just the monotony of doing the same thing every day, and the fact that she's still, still, by the way, just eating the same shit, she has progressed to a really thin shaved piece of ham uh, between two slices of wholemeal bread with butter, and I think it's just the salt of the ham is enough for it, and sometimes the ham just comes back in the bottom of the container and she'll just eat the, <gasps> the bread and butter. Gee, I got the hiccups today. Um... Uh, but yeah, just the same thing, just loading this fucking lunchbox. And also the, the bloody, what's it called? Crunch and sip. Piss off. We never had crunch and sip, which is like your 10 a.m. thing where they just like, you open up a smaller lunchbox. So two lunchboxes, load of bullshit. Two lunchboxes. You know, you already got the lunchbox already. It's like a bento box. It's got all the segments in it where you put all your different things in there and you're like, oh, buddy, I need a little taste of this and a taste of that. Um... Anyway, so your crunch and sip has to just be a bit of fruit and a little bit of veg. So a bit of each or just one of either. And, and it's always, for me, it's just a bit of freaking watermelon and snow peas. Loves a snow pea, which I'm happy with. She likes a snow pea. Um, what am I doing? Is this anything? What am I talking to you about? Am I just sitting? There's probably people listening to this like, what the fuck, mate? We don't have kids. We don't want to fucking listen to you talk about your fucking child shit. Um, which is fair enough. There'll be something for you in this at some point. Okay? All right? Uh, and, uh, also, by the way, I'm going to bore you with a little bit more child stuff. Uh, I've banned, I've banned the bloody treats after school. So, which sounds like you're doing something wrong to a kid, but I know this stuff about metabolism in children. There is sugar loaded into all this shit. It's also just my partner is on, Roz is on to me just on the, all the time. Like, you gotta look at, cause my, my partner works furiously hard. Her job basically is, you know, it's a nine to five, but it goes well beyond that. So I am primary guy. I'm primary care, even though I'm working as well, and I work every day and go off and do stuff and rah rah. Um, I am primary guy. I do all, the, and I'm better at it. I'm better. I'm good at it. I'm really good. I do all the cleaning. I'm good at washing up. I do. I pick up the undies. You know, that's just that's me. I'm allowed. I, I'm good at that, and I'm happy with that now. Um, uh, so, but she sent. She always sends me little fucking articles, little snitchy little articles about you know metabolisms and children and sugar. So I did it this week. I was just like, I explained to Luna that, you know, after school, there is no treat. We're not doing that anymore. But on the weekend, you can go sick. So she cuts, she can cut sick on the weekend and eat whatever she wants and muck around and bloody watch TV and screen time, all that shit. But during the week, no, you focus, it's other stuff, school, we eat healthy. And it's a, it's a, it's a way I'm looking at it as well. I'm going to be debauched on the weekend as well. So we're looking... Man, we're living for the... Everybody's lo- living for the weekend. Is that the song? Um, yeah, speaking of working for the weekend, I've been so I've been heading into my WeWork space, which is uh, it's a place I work out of, um, you know, pretty much just during the day. And it's a big, massive office plan space. Huge amount of room. Um, so I really get to spread out. I don't know whether anybody saw it. I finally put out a social yesterday. I've been really quiet lately, just trying to get my head right. Get your head right, mate. Um, so I've been off social media. I have to get back on because I'm being bullied into it by my management. Um, God damn it. They just don't get... I don't. I love them, but there are certain aspects. When you're like classified or your group classified as a comedian... They think you're all the same in a way. It's racism. It's com- it's comedic racism where, you know, I'll get messages about, oh, I should put out some more stand-up. And it's like, well, I don't do stand-up, do I? I do, I'm weird. I'm odd. 
I do multimedia shows and they're, they're quite strange and, you know, I don't really have sound bites of me or little visual bits of me just doing straight stand-up. Um, you know, anyway, so, I mean, yeah, I'm getting little messages to put more of that stuff out and algorithms and all this shit. It's just like, oh, God, I don't want to do that. And it really, it does overwhelm you. Cause you think, oh, my God, I'm too old for this shit or what am I doing or do I really need to do this? And you do. This is, it is the new media. Like, you know, not people free-to-air television's dead and you know people make lots of money off youtube oh geez sorry i've just dropped me a little bloody I'm, I'm mucking around as i'm doing the podcast i'm fiddling stop fiddling um you know youtube is where you know people go to watch stuff and i get it no censoring though and i think you do need censoring in a way because there's weird shit that goes on there but any anyway um long story short is i need to do more i need to do more get some more stuff out there and uh, after this podcast i will go upstairs make the fucking lunch uh and then i will drop her off at school then I'm come back home and making stuff we're making stuff today we're being creative we're being hang on i'm gonna play something now because i'm rambling too much and i'll come back and talk about the create i've got a good idea anyway all right anyway. hi i'm bob maynard from abc classic fm I am a pirate. I am a pirate. I am... Oops, sorry. I always confuse pirates with robots. Yes, yes. I'm Bob Maynard. The creative. Uh, I've been listening to a Rick Rubin, who I think is a music producer. I don't know much about him. One of the mums at school, who I'm definitely not having an affair with, um, said, uh, said to me, I should listen to Rick Rubin. There's an audio book. And it's all about creativity and... It's really interesting. It's it's a bit hippie. It's pretty hippie for me. Like it's more about being attuned to the universe and the signals it's sending you to be creative, which sounds really fucking arrogant in a way. Because I don't think somebody in Uganda's doing that. Do you know what I mean? Like looking for signals in social media and as they walk down the street and feeling the air and how that inspires stuff. They're probably just thinking, hey bloody hell, I'm hungry, I better get a biscuit from a daughter, or something like that, but anyway, it's, uh, yeah, it does feel a little bit um, insular, but it's, it, nonetheless, I'm enjoying listening to it, and um, yeah, so I've been listening to that, and I've been trying to write stuff at WeWork, which is not really a conducively creative space, seems quite nice, um, it's, it's, it's a weird vibe, it's a cult. It looks like a cult. And there are certain, like, there's real, like, the ping pong table's always quite busy. I sit by myself at the other side of the building because I don't really want to interact. Uh, if anybody saw my social that I put up during the week, it was pretty weird because a guy came and sat in the, like, it's weird. These little singular cubicles, nothing around. And he sat in a cubicle back to back with me against my back. It was really odd. And I didn't know he was there because I had my headphones on. I was making noises. Then I turned around and said, little fella there, like back to back. Like back to back. Odd, really odd. Not just like a table over, back to back. We're in a massive space. I'm not joking, probably the size of half a football field. Back to back. So um, I go in there. What am I talking about? I don't even know where. Oh, that's right. The, um, the WeWork cult. It is pretty funny because you see there's a lot of um, <laughs> there's a lot of old guys there. A little bit in The Simpsons. Remember Gil? Gil was the character who was like, one more sale, one more sale. That's a terrible accent I'm doing right there. But he'd be talking about one more sale and he'll be back in the game. I'll be back in the game, with which is based on terrific film, if you've not seen it. It's called Glengarry Glen Ross, which is Jack Lemmon's character. 
and it's uh, Al Pacino, uh, Alec Baldwin. It's a really good film. Um, <laughs> it's about this guy who's an older man and he's trying to match it in sales with younger men and he's not doing very well, but he just needs more one more sale to get back in the game. That's what WeWork feels like with a lot of the old... There's a lot of young guys there that are killing it, obviously, on the way up, but a lot of old guys on the way out. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty much right in the middle. I think I'm right in the middle, verging, heading toward the uh, the old man who's... Anyways, there's a lot of old men there that are dressing way younger than they should as well. <laughs> it's such a funny place. Oh, and I know that I dress like a toddler, like I wear shorts and a, and a cap, but I'm still kind of pulling it off, I hope. But it's like, those guys in, like, there was an old guy, an older guy wearing, oh, it was really wrong. It was like one of those hats that has the, like the what's the number five, but in the, with a strike, like um in, you know, like when you're in prison and you're counting the days and you're like, you, you get a chalk and go one, two, three, four, five, you scratch the, the strikes down the wall and then cross it through. He's wearing one of those caps. I don't even know what that word is. What is the word for that? A strike? A five strike? Wow. There may be no word for what that is. It's not often you come across. I, have to, I need to write this down for myself. Hang on a minute. Hang on, word for, let me just hang on a minute, word for five strike, does that make sense? Anyway, he's wearing one of those hats, if you know what that is, it's kind of like a quite, I think it's a skater brand bogan thing, but he just, it didn't look right, he would have been in his late 50s, early 60s, (laughs) I shouldn't laugh, you should be able to dress and do whatever you want, but it didn't look good. Ah, um, yeah, so look, he's dressing too funky to be at work. I just said the word funky, so I'm probably in that demographic as well. But yeah, it's a really odd place to work, but I kind of like it because it's giving me a a purpose to go somewhere and work. I'm no good just working from home. I get distracted and I get lonely. And I probably should have talked to the guy who was sitting back to back with me, but I didn't want to. It just didn't feel right. If it sat like a couple of desks over and then went, hey, and gave me a look, yeah, like a not like a look, look like hey, what are you doing? Let's off we go. Let's it's there's there's a, a disused office over there. Let's get in there and God damn it, would be fun to be like a, I guess that that promiscuous nature of being. I mean, I'm now I'm probably stereotyping being a gay male, but it does seem like it's a be a little bit men are horny, aren't they? Anyway, what are, I don't know what I'm doing here right now. Um, okay, so, uh, last week, this was really cute, this was really cute, so, I made my daughter, uh, the, the film Midsommar, or Midsummer, Midsommar, which is the, uh, it's a daytime horror film by the guy who directed Hereditary, and he's made a couple of other things, I like him, he's a great director, did I mention this last week, I feel like, I don't know whether I do this in my own head, or... I've thought of this stuff and then I haven't talked about it. But anyway, I sent her off to school uh, dressed as the girl from Midsommar because I made the outfit for her, which is, it's spent, I spent hours on it. It was during lockdown. Um, much red wine was drunk and I spent way too much money buying flowers, plastic flowers, to hot glue gun to a, a skirt to reinvent the dress from Midsommar. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's like a pagan um, pagan ritual film where they sacrifice people. It's really full on, really scary and wonderful at the same time. Like an amazing film, visually a splendor. 
so I made that dress for her and sent her off to school with it because they were celebrating, um, I think it was part of NAIDOC week or not NAIDOC week, no reconciliation week. And um, kids were, were, kids were dressing floral Friday to celebrate the um, Torres Strait. I think, I think that was the link, just a chance for kids to dress up basically. And I sent her off to work, off to work, off to school, school is work for her. Um, so I sent her off to her work, um, dressed as the girl from Midsummer, and the kids lost their shit. Like the kid, they, like they all, um, like gathered around her, like it was a pagan sacrifice, but like, oh wow, look at that. It's over the top, this picture. I might even put it up on Patreon, um, a picture of this dress so you can have a look at it, um. Maybe I shouldn't put my kid's face in it. I don't know. I put my kid's face on social media before. It's weird, that stuff, isn't it? She'll get angry at me one day. Why'd you do that? And she's fair enough. It's her bloody her, right? Um, yeah, so that that was, a, that was a really, really fun thing to do. I've also, we're doing... I'm sorry, it's kid-heavy this week, but I, um, I also have just ordered Malamite plates. Are they Malamite or Malamare? Um, anyway, they're these plates that... I don't know whether you got this when you were a kid, but... You draw on a plastic plate, you draw a picture and then they put it on a plastic plate and then you get the plastic plate back and it was embedded in the plastic plate. And it was such a visceral childhood memory for me, this plate. And I loved my plate and I can still kind of picture what the plate looked at. I think my mother threw it out, like I never got to keep it, but I've ordered three of these Malamere or Malamite plates and uh, the, the, the kit is coming soon for Luna to fill in the picture. So I'm keeping one aside for her, for her older years, one to use now and one for Nana. So I think that's a really nice thing to do, but I'm really looking forward to doing it. It's such a strong, vivid memory of the Malamere. Malamere. Um, okay, and also getting me... Does anybody know? Like, I've got like a... I've got a like a giant life-size tiger. Like, it's a soft toy that I um, purchased in a deceased state auction. A state auction. And its head's come off, coming off. So Tiger's head come off, and I need to get it stitched up. And I've tried to hand stitch it myself, but I'm not good at it. Where would one take something like that, do you reckon? I mean, would I go to Mr. Minute or to an upholstery shop and just bring in a... I mean, I'm talking about like this, this Tiger in size about the size of a 10-year-old. And I mean, I, I, you know, where do you take that? Where does that go? My tiger's head's coming off. Where I mean, if I take that down to my local um, dry cleaner and go, hey, can you stitch this tiger's head back on? It just seems like not... I'm, I'm going to drive around a bit for people to go, no, no. What? What? No. Uh, if you've got any ideas, why don't you send me a message at samnicheskeesh at gmail.com. Samnicheskeesh at gmail.com. Come. Um... I'm going to play a message that I got during the week. I don't know what it's about, but we're going to find out. Right, so this one is from... It's a dream interpretation, or what did you call it? Dream recording from Eva Schildhaus. Schildhaus. Eva Schild... Eva. Eva. What's that from? That's from a movie, isn't it? Eva. I know it sounds like I'm making that up, but that is someone will message me in. And let me know why I'm doing that. Eva. Eva. It's an, isn't it an 80s film about something? Please, let me know what that is. Anyway, here's a dream recording from... Uh, dream interpretation I have to do here. And I've not heard this before. So, right, I've laid it out in the track here. I'm rolling into it right now. And we, here we go. Dreams. 
I had a dream that I had to go back to college to take two classes that I missed. And when I was moving back into the dorms to take these two missing classes, Mm -hmm. I remembered to bring my favorite yogurt with me. (gasps) I don't actually have favorite yogurt, but in my dream I had favorite yogurt. And I had these two big tubs of yogurt, and they were two different flavors. And in my dream, I had to mix these flavors together. So I went into the big shared bathroom space and I dumped all my yogurt out into the one of the bathroom sinks yes. and started mixing it together with my bare hands. That's when you do it. And I was feeling really pleased with myself that I was preparing my yogurt in this As way. As you should. <laughs> and then all of a sudden an alarm went off and everyone had to flee the building for a military drill. <laughs> and I was really upset that I had to abandon my yogurt in the sink. What the fuck did that mean, Eva? Eva, I am thinking that this is, your yogurt is a security blanket for you, and this is about you mixing socially, in social situations, and you better get out there and start mixing it with people socially before the alarm bells ring, being the military. So you've walked back into college, which is pretty scary. You're going back to college. Um, but then you're like, oh, thank God I've got my yogurt. I've got my two best, my two favorite flavors. For me, it would have been fruits of the forest, ski fruits of the forest when I was a kid. Um, and then you have to go into the bathroom, which is, uh, intimidating enough, I guess. Most public bathrooms are, they're intimidating. You have to go in there and, I mean, you've got to do poos in front of someone for, you know, for a starter. It's, you know, it's, it's, it leaves you exposed. You've got to go in there. And you've tipped them into the sink, which makes complete sense, into a basin to mix the yogurt, which is your social skills. So you're mixing the yogurt. Um, and then bloody, it's like, oh, quick, quick, there's a bomb about to drop. The military's here. Um, so that means time's running out. Get out there and socialize. Uh, socialize. Eva, I think that makes sense. Does that make sense? That felt good. Send me more. I want more dream interpretations. Here's another message. Sam, you're on the telly right now. No, I'm not. If you're over in the Grampians, would yeah. you like to come for a bushwalk with me? I would love that. Love from Jasmine. Thanks, Jasmine. See, that's all you have to do is send a little message in or lay them out here on the track and I'll just, I'll, it's like I'm speaking to you in real time. But Jasmine, if I am, or Yasmine, if I'm ever in the Grampians, which I love, the Grampians are beautiful, um, and my, my brother has a beautiful home at Y River, which is, I guess, at the foot of the Grampians from the ocean side. Uh, I will. Yes, I'll let you know. I will let you know when I'm in the Grampians. And I would love to go for a bushwalk. It's actually something that's been going through my head recently is that I want to take um, my little girl out into the bush a little bit more so she gets across all that stuff because it's just a, it's lovely and it's freeing. Um, I don't really love the Australian bush, but I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to bloody bushwalk you. What? Um, anyway, so uh, that, that's all you've got to do, guys. Send in a message like Eva and Yasmin and um, I'll talk to you because that's such a lovely thing to do. I think I got another message from that lovely trucker bloke in London as well. I'm going to try and live lay this out in front of me. Let's see whether I can do it. Yes. Is it in there? Is it in there? Is it in there? Get in there, you bastard. Hang on. I have to stop recording to drop it in. Here we go. Hang on a tick. G'day Sam, it's Bud here again mate. Hey Pud. Uh, just listening to the rest of your podcast and I heard that you just wanted one liner. So uh, no. a lamppost walks into a bar and the barman says, Oi, you can't walk in here mate, you're naked. Lamppost says, that's fine mate. Lamppost. I can come in here naked if I want. He says, well why is that then? He goes, 
I don't even eat meat. I'm a vegan. What the fuck? Excuse me. What the fuck did that mean? What, what was that? <laughs> no, and I don't want one-liners. You can give me whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. I don't know what the hell that... Did you just confuse me in a joke completely? Is it about a lamppost? Okay, a lamppost walks into a bar and the barman says, you can't walk in here, you're naked. And he goes, oh, I can do whatever I want. I'm a vegan, I don't even eat meat. <laughs> I don't know what was going on there, but I really liked it and I want more. Did you say your name was Mug? What is... Who is you? Hang on, I'm going, I'm going to go find out who is you now. Hang on. It's Guy. Why do they hear Mug? I'm going to call you Mug from now on. Mug, keep sending me messages. That made no sense, by the way, but I loved it. Um, you tell me more. You tell me everything. You tell me a weird dream story. Uh, please keep your messages coming in. I love it. That's really cute. I really enjoy that, uh, especially the dream interpretations. Oh, yay, yay. Hey, yay, yay. Don't make them up. They've got to be real. Don't make... I can tell. I'll be able to sniff it out. You're going to send me a dream that you've just made up. And made it sound like a dream because dreams always have that edge of like really there's a there's a, almost a slight lack of well there's definitely no sense to the storytelling in a dream and there's no real end so i can tell if you're making something up um by the way can you hear, anyone hear my stomach it's going crazy doing all little flips having chats to me so if you're hearing that during the podcast uh Apologies, it's just me, lower colon, wanting to say hello, low, low. Okay, oh, guess what? Now, I know that I've been banging on about the Silly Billy Walk for so long, but I have engaged someone to to kick off all the... I didn't realise if you are starting a charity, the amount of legal loopholes that you have to go through. And I'm talking about... Uh, and this is really boring, um, but here we go. $10,000 worth of legal loopholes to get through to actually register a charity properly and have um, ownership of your own, own rights. It's just a fucking shambles. But I'm manifesting it, people. I'm manifesting this thing. I'm. Go it's going to happen. I have been too slack on too many things for too long and I am going through with this baby. So I'm manifesting the money, which I can't really... I can't really fundraise, do you know what I mean? Unless there's a benefactor who goes, hey, I'll help you out. Um, which is hard to do because then I don't know how they get their money back legally without a contract, which I guess is the point of the legal. So anyway, it's very boring. And, but the process is beginning. Uh, I've already invested a lot of money into it uh, to get it up, but I didn't realise I had to go through all that. Shit, it's so boring. Mike Cannon Brooks, come on, mate. It's a good idea. And it is. Everybody I've gone to, they're like, this is great. It's a bloody good idea. So Mike Cannon-Brooks, where are ya? Mike Cannon-Brooks, where are ya? Just a basic seed funding at the beginning of $10,000, even though everybody's really fucking poor at the moment. Um, yes, and by the way, if you are struggling financially and you're on Patreon, I understand you can, you can bugger off. It's okay. I do understand. I do really, really appreciate it, though. But um, I get it. It's uh, tough times are coming. I know with people's mortgages and it's happening to everyone. It's just extraordinary. What the fuck is going on out there? Uh, just be kind. Just remember that. Just always bloody, bloody, bloody smile through it. You got to smile through it, people. Just grit your fucking teeth and go, yeah, this is good. This life is good. 
Um, yes. Uh, in t in terms of future proofing as well, I have um, I'm I have reached out to the world of public service. I reckon I could be a pretty good pube. Um, looking for work that I can do that's you know outside of what I am because I like doing different things. I'm still writing on um, a very strange TV show at the moment, which, you know, it's, it's off and on, so it's not like, you know, a, a wage that continually, you know, sits there. It's hard being in the gig economy. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at all sorts of options for work. So I'm still, still on the hunt, still sniffing around. Just being very frugal with me bloody money. Mind you, I did go on Timu. Does anybody know what Timu is? It's a, a weird thing that popped up on the socials and they just sell you weird shit. And I only spent about $46, um, but I've got a whole packet of weird shit coming my way. <laughs> weird things like um, little pinches that like pinch, like, uh, uh, what do you call them? Erogenous, not erogenous zones, um, stress zones on your hand. Like a peg. I could just could have just put a, a peg there, but no, I spent 89 cents on this thing that fits in between your thumb and your index finger and takes away apparently headaches and stress. Probably a load of bullshit. 89 cents, doesn't matter. Um, anyway, hey, I've got a really good deep dive coming up and I've got a really good deep dive for next week as well. Oh, I've already, I'm, I'm a cross-star. I'm, I'm, I'm well ahead of myself. I am ahead of myself. I'm also teaching myself Adobe um, Premiere Pro which is a, actually part of the reason why my social media has not been uh, as out there at the moment. It's because my computer's really full and I need to move a whole lot of things off it before it dies. And uh, also I've treated myself to an upgrade. I'm oh, not even an upgrade. I've always cut my things in iMovie, which is uh, just like the free program you get on your Mac. And it, you know, it's fine. It looks shit. It's fine. Um, but then I was like, I want to do stuff. I want to put effects in and do some weird stuff. So someone said, you need to go to Adobe Premiere Pro. Um, and I, I did, I, I saved my pennies and I bought it. So I'm learning that at the moment. So a lot of bloody, a lot of learning lessons at the moment. Lots of reskilling, listening to Rick Rubin, reading books. Kitchen Confidential is fantastic, by the way. Um, Sapiens as well. I will go more into that later on uh, about the Neanderthals and the Sapiens and the Denisovans. I think I've got that right, the Denisovans. Um, basically, species of humanoids all around, throughout the land and whether we killed off certain species or they've proven that like in Northern Europe and the Middle East that there's, um, I think, 4% Neanderthal DNA. So there was, you know, like rooting going on between different species. It's wild, wild stuff. And the Denisovans um, and what happened there... There's theory that they were killed off, but it's not true. There's they're still there, and and the Florian the Florian people, which were like tiny tiny statured people from um Indo uh, the Indonesian islands, the island of Flores, where they had pygmy elephants. Fascinating stuff. Anyway, I'm not gonna. It's it's getting into a bloody uh, 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 natural history podcast if I start doing that. But I guess it's kind of interesting in a way. It's a book called Sapien by Greta Gerwig. <laughs> I can't remember his name. He's got a really great name, Hari. Something Hari, um, a very Israeli name in any case. I bet he's Israeli. If I'm wrong, I'm a racist. Uh, Deep Dive is coming up in a minute. It's uh, a hangover from last week and it's fascinating. I haven't read right into it, but I know the basic uh, the basic outline of what it's about. Um, oh, quickly, before I go, final WeWork story. So walking into WeWork yesterday as WeWork would which is a, my shared office space that I work with a whole lot of like young cool kids and old guys on the way out, just like, oh, my business is going to work. I'll go to WeWork. We'll bloody, we'll revamp it. Um, 
as I was walking in yesterday, group of, what's the ones below millennial? Those ones. And they were young and sassy. Would have, it was a group of about six. And I think four of them were young women. They're all dressed really cool. And a couple of young guys. And they're all, everyone was sassy. And they were walking out of WeWork. And I was trying to walk into WeWork. And at first it was just like two of them coming out. And it's a big sliding door. So there's enough room for me to come in. But then I saw that they were a gang. And they just gang pushed their way out. And I had to go, oh, I had to step back. And then they laughed and harumphed at me. And I said to them, good one, Sex in the City, which is such an old man reference. Oh my God. Because I don't know whether you're, look, I had it, my ex-partner was obsessed with Sex in the City and it used to be on repeat. This is back in the uh, early, no, late, late 2000s on repeat on Foxtel. And I'd end up watching it with her and it's fine. I didn't love it, but it was fine. I'd watch it. And there was, in the opening scenes, there was always a group, the group of them, the four women, and they'd be walking down a New York street, all four abreast, just walking down the street. And, and, you know, New York sidewalks and pathways, they're quite slim. There's not enough room on the sidewalk for four women to be walking abreast right at you because you'd have to walk into the street to get around them. Um, It's just an unrealistic thing. And that's what they were like to me. They were like, it was like Sex and the City coming at me through this uh, sliding door that I couldn't get through. And, uh, and I only said, good on you, which the reference would have gone right over their heads. Um, I thought it was funny, but it was just for me anyway. But they started it, they harumphed at me um, because they looked at me obviously like, you know, oh, fuck, who's this old bloke trying to get in? You don't belong at WeWork. Um, that should be my voice doing me doing that. Um, I'm trying, what would that, their sassy voice would be like? Oh my God, who does he think he is? Coming to WeWork? This is where we work. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I wanted to share you that story, share that story with you uh, now because I only just remembered it. Um, anyhow, I'm going to go into a deep dive now. Uh, before that, let's play this and I'll see you on the other side. Get away, B. Got a B problem? Yes. You should try new B Away. B Away? What a shit name. Sorry? Be be gone. See, that's heaps better. Oh, f*** off. No, you f*** off. No, be away is much better. Be be gone. I like be away. Be be gone. No, be away. Be be gone. Having an argument you just can't win? No. no. Yes? Then you need Argue Not. Oh, that's a terrible name. Yeah, it's shit. Will you think of a better one? Um, um, fight no more. Battle stop. No more yells. Bum onions. Smelly. Advertising. What a load of shit. Yes. No. No. Yes. Yes. No. No. This deep dive is the story. I don't know. By the way, whoever sent... To the people who send me suggestions for deep dives and I never name check you, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll admit it. I am an awful man. I'm an awful awful man and i'm very very sorry for not um giving you the credit for coming up with the idea here's another one uh someone sent this in to me about new australia so this is the story of new australia which is a utop- this is a real thing that happened this is crazy i only know outlines of this this is what i'm about to read to you now is um is I'm going to be learning as you are learning at the same time. Right. So New Australia was a utopian socialist settlement um, in Paraguay created by the New Australian movement. The colony was officially founded on the 28th of September, 1893 as Colonia Nueva 
Australia and comprised 238 people. This is so weird. So the New Australia Cooperative Settlement Association, known in short as the New Australia Movement, was founded by William Lane. So William Lane, obviously some guy with a bee in his bonnet about Australia, in 1892. Lane was a prominent figure in the Australian Labor Movement and had founded Australia's first Labor newspaper, The Worker, in 1890. A split in the Australian Labor Movement between those who went on to form the Australian Labor Party spurred Lane's intent to found a socialist utopia outside Australia. This is crazy. Lane's ideal was to build a society based on a common hold rather than commonwealth, a brotherhood of English-speaking whites. Okay, there's your problem straight away. Life marriage. Okay, I'm glad we kicked you out. You preservation of the colour line. Oh my God. Right, so that's a full-on racist thing. Right. Teetotalism and communism. Wow, there's only one thing in that I like, which is communism. Um, not in the whole sense. I don't know. Don't, don't get angry at me and tell me all, ba- all the bad things about communism. I know. But the basic thought behind it's like, yeah, it's kind of nice. Um, but it's not. But it is. But it's not. Uh, his concept of common hold was that each member of a society should be able to withdraw their portion of a society's wealth if they choose to leave. Oh, that's nice. I don't, I don't mind that. Instead of commonwealth. Mm, okay, that makes sense. Um, but the other stuff, uh, all the racist shit, no thanks. Um, and the teetotalism, nah, and the life marriage, no way. Um, even though I think, fuck, I'm stuck with mine. I can feel it. It's a, it's a forever one. <sighs> um, Lane's was not, o- not the only influence urging Australians, um, hang on, here we go. Lane's was not the only influence urging Australians at the time towards a socialist community. Utopian Edward Bellamy's Looking Backward was also popular with socialists and led to many urban followers of Lane to expect that they would live in luxury in a socialist commune like that of Bellamy's fiction. That's why they all went to Paraguay. Paraguay was chosen as the site of the settlement Lane recruited many, and the first ship left Sydney in July 1893 for Paraguay, where the government was keen to get white settlers and had offered the group a large area of good land. While it's generally agreed that there were some able settlers, there seems to be some dispute about the character of the new Australia settlers. As a whole, it has been described as a cave of adulum of misfits. What does that mean? Failures and malcontents of the left wing of Australian democracy. Ooh, sounds like Castlemaine in Victoria, doesn't it? Um, here we go. <laughs> that, that, that was a very niche joke, but it was pretty funny. Um, or Katoomba in New South Wales. It's where the left, the failed left. No, it doesn't matter. Shut up, Sam. All right. Uh, notable Australian individuals who joined the colony include Mary Gilmore, Rose Summerfield, really? I don't know who these people are, but they must be people. And George Burks and his family. According to M. D.C. Findlay, the second secretary of the alleged legation at Buenos Aires, who was sent to the colony by the British consul um, at Escacion, they were a fine class of men. Men were required to pay a minimum of £60, but including all their assets, to join the colony, a sum large enough in 1893 Australia to usually require the selling of a home. So complete failures would have been necessary. Oh, complete failures would have been necessarily excluded. So rich people, rich racists, have gone, yep, we're going to Paraguay. Uh, the founding of this settlement was of interest to left-wing thinkers worldwide. On the subject, Peter Kropkitton wrote, The fact that men and women who have made Australia what it is are compelled to migrate from it speaks volumes in itself. Make the land be the dung which renders it productive, build the centres of civilization which render it valuable, and then go away. 
That's a true picture, picture of modern capitalist management. The same here, the same Antipodes, always the same. Interesting. New Australia, Paraguay. There was a conflict among the settlers from the beginning over the prohibition of alcohol. Okay, well that's... Suck shit. You've decided to go there. Relations with the locals and, the, and Lane's leadership. This is a cult. This is great. I can't help feeling that this movement cannot result in success if that incompetent man Lane continues to mismanage so utterly as he has done up to the present, wrote colonist Tom Westwood. Problems intensified after a second group of colonists arrived in 1894. Dissension caused uh, a rift in the colony, and in May 1984, Lane and 58 others left New Australia to found Cosme, a new colony, 72 kilometres south. <laughs> this is great! This is a movie. Eventually, New Australia was dissolved as a cooperative by the government of Paraguay, and each settler was given their own piece of land. Some colonists founded communes elsewhere in Paraguay. Others went home to Australia or on to England. Some 2,000 descendants of New Australia still live in Paraguay. Wow. Uh, the 1970 book Paradise Mislaid by Anne Whitehead is about the colonists and their descendants today. There's also a fictional retelling of the story by Michael Wilding called The Paraguayan Experiment. Paraguayan Experiment. The classic account is historic, historian uh, Gavin Souter's A Peculiar People, written in 1968. The town, only a few hours bus ride from Azulias Falls, has about 300 residents um, in 2007. Isn't that... I mean, I don't know whether you're fascinated by that, but I think that's incredible. I mean, it's probably not much different to cults that happen within Australia. There's still some cults out there. I know there's the yellow, the yellow cult, I think it is, out in Katoomba in the Blue Mountains. That's a weird cult. There's a weird... There's quite a few cults out that way. But isn't that fascinating that back in the day, a group of like-minded racists all went, yep, let's go there. I mean, they're upset about the alcohol, but not about the racism. Anyway, that's really, I really, really enjoyed that. Here's a message from Martin. It says, hi, Sam, I really look forward to your podcast. I listen regularly and binge them uh, while walking the dog. Have a gr I have a great question. Um, what's the largest animal you could beat in a one-on-one hand-to-hand -on -one -hand combat fight? Keen to hear a shallow deep dive on this from Martin. Okay, a dolphin, I reckon. Although it would, no, a dolphin would beat you. Probably a snapper, a large snapper. I do it in the surf. No, I do it in the no, I do it on the shoreline. So we're half in the water, half out, so it's a bit more equal. So I'd punch on with a snapper, I reckon would be the that'd be the my animal of choice to fight. Or a wallaby, a yellow footed rock wallaby. I'd beat the shit out of one of those and I reckon it would give me a bit of a red hot go as well. Okay. Uh, well I think that's it. Um, I've got some I promise you, I promise you, I will be getting more on um, socials and there will be some more this weekend, because it's a long weekend. Thank fuck. So no sh no soccer this Saturday morning. Thank goodness. Oh, I like doing the soccer, but I mean, no, me not playing. It's uh, for Luna. She plays soccer. And she kind of doesn't like it either. And we just, you know, we pretend to get into it. But it's just the, the getting up fine, like earlier again on a Saturday morning after a week of school to go to soccer and go, oh, really? We have to do this? No soccer this weekend. Long weekend. So we're, we're going to record as many rollover pavlovas as possible. The messages I've got is that people really enjoy the, um, 
the story time that I do with Luna when she's with me because she talks about the story as well as I'm making up the story. So we're going to record a lot of those this weekend and do some slow cooking and just hang out at home and cuddle. Um, anyway, what a, what a lovely little bloody weekend I've got ahead. Okay, well, that is, that's the podcast. Thanks so much. I hope you, um, hope you enjoyed that. I had fun this morning. Thank you very much. Thanks for bloody listening as well. And thanks for sending messages. Keep sending the messages. They don't have to be voice messages, but I really do like the voice messages. Send them in at samnishesquiche at gmail.com. I love them. They really buoy me, mate. They make me feel good, and I know they make you feel good as well. So send me more messages, and uh, we'll get them out there, and we'll make more stuff and do more things together, and we'll help each other through whatever this fucking hell of an existence is. All right, I love you lots. Mike Cannon Brooks, fucking get on board, man. It's not much. It's just a little starter. I didn't know it would cost $10,000 in legals. Jesus. Yezusa, as a Paraguayan would say. Um, what are they? They're Spanish. They speak Spanish there, don't they? They were conquered by the Spanish and then conquered by the new Australians. Uh, all my love. I hope you have a wonderful week. I don't know what bit of classical music after this, but I hope you enjoy it. I love doing this. I hope you're well. All the best. Good on you. Bum nuts galore. I'm a man with a fork in a world full of soup. See ya. Go and get fucked!
Thank you.